Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is not about your body. I'm Justine Neeland, and I have been thinking a lot lately about beauty culture and uh, specifically anti-aging, the sort of obsession in our culture right now um, of anti-aging products and um, procedures and makeup and skincare and all this stuff. Um, and really thinking about Myself, I mean, I'm 34. I'm sort of heading towards a new stage of life, if that makes sense, in terms of how I understand uh, myself, how I understand even my appearance, my body, my face, my my hair is sort of rapidly turning silver. Uh, you know, in these little patches that used to be a couple of gray hairs are now um, big, big patches and lines of gray, which is like interesting to watch. Uh, and I have much committed to not dyeing my hair. I don't think I'll dye my hair, but I mean, you know, whatever. I like the idea of looking like my age and, and aging naturally. And I have always felt really opposed to the idea that women's beauty ideals are centered around like teenagers. It just feels like such garbage um, for so many reasons. But, you know, I feel powerful as I get older. I feel more I feel wiser. I feel more confident. I feel good in certain ways that I never felt good in my 20s, you know? So the idea that I would have been hotter in my 20s just because I didn't have crow's feet is like absolute nonsense. Uh, I think I'm way hotter now <laughs> because I am, I am more awesome now. And I think that's kind of the cool thing about aging. But it is also certainly true. I mean, I, I approach everything with a body neutrality lens. But it's true that I notice these changes, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, I have more silver hair than ever before. And like, you know, week by week, I, I notice more. So that's an interesting thing. And it's just going to continue. Um, and then, of course, skincare products that are anti-aging are now being geared toward me in this demographic, mid-30s. And the whole idea is like, okay, I need serums. I need retinol. I need... Um, you know, vitamin C, I need uh, whatever all the things are you supposed to put on your face to fight aging. And the earlier you start, it's supposed to be more effective. And there's a lot of scare tactics in the anti-aging realm where like, you know, it, you can't undo the the damage of aging. But if you start early, you can prevent it, that whole thing. So this is like a big aspect of body image for a lot of women specifically. And certainly it could be true for anyone of any gender but male beauty ideals, you know, they don't really involve you being young. And in fact, they, they certainly involve you aging well, if that makes sense. Like there are standards around skin and face and, and whatnot for men that as they get older, you know, they can have wrinkles, but only if it makes them look distinguished, they can have gray hair, but only if it's like silver fox, you know. Uh, for women, it's like you have to just fight all of that. All of that is considered damage and bad. And, and the ideal is to hide it all, basically, to keep it from happening and hide it as long as possible. And when we look at celebrity culture, they do it with more invasive means like Botox and fillers. And, you know, you never see a wrinkle on a woman in her 30s on TV. Like, not a one. <laughs> no wrinkles anywhere, anyhow. Uh, despite the fact that, like, most women, most people in their 30s are going to have some wrinkles. You can get rid of those with Botox, with fillers, et cetera, et cetera, sometimes with lighting and makeup and certain products and other things. And that is, that is sold to us as the goal. Like we are supposed to understand 
that all signs of aging is very bad and makes us less attractive and it is our job to fight it. What's interesting though is it's also sold to us as like a wellness and self-care thing because we're really not taught about skin health but it's sold to us as if it's skin health. You know, it's like anti-aging is about the health of your skin. Like you're supposed to glow from the inside out, except for actually <laughs> uh, a lot of that stuff isn't about skin health at all. Your your skin is like every other part of your body, like your liver detoxifies you, which is why you don't need to take detox pills. Uh, your skin detoxifies you, which is why you don't need to like do an exfoliating mask. For the most part, your skin is an organ and it knows what it's doing. And your body is designed to take care of itself with minimum intervention from the outside but we're not we're not told that at all i mean we're basically told that like your skin needs as much support as it can get to fight the aging process and and it's like you know being damaged every which way like constantly being damaged by the sun by pollution by toxins by you know uh, any number of things that the anti-aging industry will scare you with and you're supposed to understand that, oh, you have to do a lot of intervention, right? You need a seven-step Korean skincare routine in order to keep your skin looking young. So you got to like wash with an oil and then with a, something more astringent. And then you do a serum and then you do a moisturizer and then you do a mask and then you do another moisturizer and then you do sunscreen and then you do, you know, it's like there's multiple steps to sell you multiple products. And the idea is more is better for a lot of this stuff. Now... It's sold in the wellness world as like health. It's like skin health. It's fitness culture for your skin, for your face, you know? It's about fighting, uh, fighting aging so that you have like the youngest, healthiest, uh, best possible skin. It's sort of how it's sold. But actually, what it is is just uh, an aesthetic. All that stuff does not actually protect the health of your skin at all. And in fact, a lot of it totally destroys the health of your skin. Um, it sort of messes with the barrier of, uh, of your natural skin's sort of support system and, and totally actually can screw it up. But if it makes you look better, nobody cares about that. So this is something that I think about a lot. It's like, what is the ideal here? And what do, how do we want to hold this? Because a lot of anti-aging skincare is actually worse for your skin, but it's being sold like it's, it's like, you know, holistic health food, you know, like you're supposed to do a mask and love yourself. I mean, there are entire ads around uh, skincare and anti-aging stuff that like literally drive home the point that you are more lovable, you are more you know, you're healthier and more vibrant and more sexy when you don't have wrinkles or when you use this moisturizer or whatever. And it's all bullshit. I mean, really, you are not more lovable without wrinkles. Like, that's just not true at all. But it has become such a massively popular concept. And if you think about all the filters we have now on social media, um, on Zoom, you know, you can change your appearance so many ways. And a lot of that appearance changing is to get rid of any signs of aging on the face. So like plump up the face and get rid of any crinkles or creases or whatever. So when I think about the fact that a lot of this skincare is sold to us as if it was healthy self-care and that we all need it, it's like drinking water, you know, you got to use retinol and a serum at night and eye cream. Uh, it's as important for you as getting enough sleep and going to the gym. 
it totally makes sense that people are so bought into it, right? Because it's sold to us as if, yes, it, it, it makes you look better, but also it makes you healthier. And the truth, as I, I've been reading about lately, um, and if you don't know who this is, I recommend following Jessica Defino on Instagram. She's a beauty reporter and she's fantastic. She has a lot of content about this. She breaks down the science of how that stuff actually is bad for your skin's natural support system. And it messes with basically everything, right? So it's like, as soon as you use one kind of product, then you need another kind of product to combat the side effects. And then you need a third kind of product to combat, you know, the like dryness of that moisturizing thing. You got to like balance everything out, you know, whatever. It's like, once you start messing with it, you need more and more and more stuff, which is what they want because that makes them money because then you buy lots and lots of stuff. And if they make you think it's healthy, then you don't have to feel so vain. You don't have to feel like embarrassed. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm ruining my skin in order to fight wrinkles because of beauty ideals that I have bought into. You know, instead they sell it to you like this is healthy and you care about your health. You're worth it. So if we really get honest with ourselves, if you are somebody who doesn't do anything in the realm of anti-aging, that none of this might apply to you. But you're still bombarded with anti-aging messages. Like no matter who you are and what you actually choose to engage in, you are blasted with these messages everywhere and with these representations of particularly women um, and women's skin and age presentation in like media, uh, social media, TV, movies, news, literally everywhere. This is like being represented that men can have signs of aging and women cannot. Um, so it's interesting to kind of think about like, how would you feel or how do you feel in thinking about it now, knowing that all this anti-aging work that you have been thinking was healthy for you is actually destructive, destructive to your skin's natural barriers, bad for you essentially, but effective insofar as it improves the aesthetic according to specific beauty ideals of your skin or of, of your face. Would you still feel as good about it? Do you still feel as good about it when thinking about it that way as you as you would or do when you're thinking like, oh, this is just the right thing to do, like going to the gym and getting enough sleep and drinking enough water. This is just good for me. Because it's a totally different vibe when you think about it like that. It's a lot more like, you know, if you think dieting is good for you, it's that same thing, right? It's like, you know, you're worth it <laughs> to like lose weight. Sure, you're gonna make yourself miserable and you're gonna have headaches and you'll be exhausted and uh, you're gonna like have intense cravings and mess up your relationship with food and then you're gonna gain it all back later. But oh, it's so healthy. Once you start seeing through that facade of diet culture, you're like, oh, diets aren't healthy for most people. This is not actually a healthy behavior. It is a self-destructive behavior that has been dressed up and disguised as a health behavior. And that is where people start to make those shifts because then you have to decide, do I want to be unkind to my body in order to be thinner? Do I want to be less healthy, but more in alignment with the cultural beauty ideal? Or do I want to be more healthy and maybe weigh a little bit more and be further away from that cultural beauty ideal? So it really becomes health versus aesthetic when you learn about the messed up science of diet. Uh, diet culture stuff, you know, but the same thing is true here with skin because we've been sold that this is all one package, that it's health plus aesthetics. It's actually not. Now I'm not saying nobody should ever use anti-aging skincare or anything like that. And there are definitely times where buying into the beauty ideal 
in order to earn the privileges or avoid the oppression and marginalization of of the consequences there makes sense for someone. I'm not in any way judging anybody for for any choices individually, but I am super curious about the way it's been positioned as a as a package deal of health plus aesthetic and what it means for us to really reconsider that as health versus aesthetic. That you have two paths. I mean, obviously it's a lot more nuanced than this, but you have two paths really when it comes to anti-aging. You can harm your skin and your body in order to look younger and fit this ideal. Or you can support your skin and your body with, you know, health promoting behaviors, which usually means less skincare products and less anti-aging products. And not necessarily get the benefit of that aesthetic, anti-aging aesthetic, you know, which would you prefer? Like assuming it was a forked path, assuming that for most people, it is more of a forked path of a a binary than it is going to be a package deal. Which do you choose? And if you are choosing in buying into anti-aging stuff, if you are getting retinol, chemical peels, uh, you know, laser retexturing, uh, doing masks, doing all these things, using serums every night, washing your face with uh, three different, you know, an oil and an astringent and a whatever. Like if you're doing all that, check in with yourself and just just explore. Like, have you been thinking of this as a self-care health promoting behavior? Or have you always been aware that this is purely for the aesthetic and you are in this for the aesthetic? Because what we're really sold is that like aging is bad for you. That aging itself, all signs of aging are damaged and therefore to fight those signs of aging is healthy and good for you. It can only be a good thing. But that's not necessarily true. And a lot of the products that are more chemical... um, you know, like really intense and invasive uh, treatments and chemicals and products and whatever for your skin that are anti-aging, that are effective for anti-aging, they're studied as, you know, like when we talk about whether or not they're effective, they're really only studying whether or not they're effective to remove signs of aging. And sometimes they'll dress that up in fancy, sciencey sounding language, like, oh, it, it improved, you know, in seven out of 10 people, it improved uh, you know, cell turnover, maybe it'll say, and you're like, oh, cell turnover, that sounds important. But ultimately, they are just studying, was it effective aesthetically? They don't really study, hey, did we actually do cellular repair in a way that is going to be long-term healthy for your skin? And if it did, it's like, you can always kind of find ways to say that sort of thing where it doesn't take into account the bigger picture. Um, because you can always be really specific and marketing, you know, ethics here are pretty much zilch. So you can say whatever you want, basically, to make people think that this is a package deal and that you are actually reversing damage and healthy, healthifying your skin. You know, wellness culture will sell you this whole thing. And yet, in most people, all that invasive stuff just makes you need more products down the line to sort of correct and, and overcorrect and <laughs> correct again, because you're messing with something that, that was intended to take care of itself. I mean, throughout human history, our skin is like been really good at what it does. It just takes care of itself. It's a detoxifying organ. It's awesome at what it does. It really doesn't need retinol. It really doesn't need these things to function at its best, but it might need those things to, uh, look as young as possible, which is where the anti-aging sort of movement comes in. 
And another thing to sort of consider is like a lot of those chemicals we're putting on our skin, you know, they, they do have sort of, uh, some of them have harmful effects. Some of them do not, of course. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying anything about like clean skincare or toxic skincare. I'm not getting that deep into the weeds. And honestly, I don't even find it that particularly interesting, really. Um, I use skincare, right? Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, we all need to throw all this stuff out. But I am saying it's an interesting thing to explore, like how your relationship to anti-aging and skincare shows up for you and where that lives in your body image, like in your relationship to your appearance. Does it live as this is a thing I do in order to get more privilege as a woman to look younger and fit this beauty ideal? Because that is the choice I want to make, no matter how it affects my skin's health and function. Or does it live in a place of like lies? And sort of um, capitalistic marketing deceit where you're like, I'm just trying to live my best life and be as healthy as possible, which means I need all these serums and skin interventions and chemicals. No? I'm not sure this is totally making sense, but I've just been thinking about it a lot. And the fact that like, this is some serious, like this is kind of like a whole new can of worms for me because I never really thought too much about skincare until fairly recently, the last couple of years, um, just because, you know, I was young enough that I, I didn't care and I wasn't really being targeted for these kinds of messages. And now I am, you know, and so the anti-aging thing is just becoming more and more visible to me. And the more I learn about it, the more I'm fascinated by like, this is exactly like diet culture. They have sold us a freaking lie again, <laughs> like not shocking, honestly, because this is what capitalism does. It encourages people to lie to us, uh, to exploit and make money off of us because it is way more profitable for them to patent some random little chemical and then tell us that it like, you know, does some sort of magic anti-aging thing, which you need because you have cell damage than it is to say like occasionally putting, you know, uh, honey and avocado on your face is probably all you need, you know, like a seasonal mask or something like that doesn't make anybody money or a natural mask made of ingredients in your kitchen. That doesn't make anybody any money. And again, I'm not advocating for one of those things over the other necessarily, but it is fascinating that I did not realize um, that, uh, that this was a sort of whole other category of lies that we've been sold around beauty ideals in the anti-aging space. And also, I mean, it's certainly worth considering that the, the chemicals that go into the production of, if not the actual products themselves, but the, the production of those products and the shipping of those products and the, all the, the different aspects of this industry, um, you know, it's bad for our planet too, right? So like, it may be worse for your skin's health. It may be worse for your body. It's definitely worse for the planet for us to be pouring billions and billions of dollars into the anti-aging industry. So also just something to sort of consider that if you are in any way um, an environmentalist, that this is an area to look at as well. All those tiny packages, all of these things. And again, I am not trying to guilt anybody because I too, I mean, I've got a little bottle of serum sitting next to uh, my toothbrush right now. Like I am not above this. It's just a fascinating thing to explore. And then I think we have to get a little more honest with ourselves about, you know, the ways in which our um, beauty work impacts us and our ways in which our beauty work impacts everyone else in the world. So yeah, something kind of thing interesting to think about is 
um, I personally felt really empowered to rock my body, my natural body, if you will, like to, you know, to not hide uh, my body in public using like push-up bras and sucking my stomach in and, uh, you know, any number of these sort of things. Because I was like, I feel empowered by the idea that a girl, a younger girl would see me going braless or, um, you know, having, having my belly just relaxed and round and sort of out visibly out. Um, I feel empowered to think that they would see me and go, Oh, okay. That like, that gives me a little more permission, you know, that I don't have to suck in. I don't have to wear push-up bras. There's nothing shameful about that. Like people are just out here living their lives. I like that idea. I always connected to that. Um, as I was getting into body image work that I was like, Oh, that gives me a really strong, deep, motivating power to do all of my fear facing work. You know, maybe I'm uncomfortable doing a thing in public, but the thought of like some teenage girl seeing me and going, Oh, I didn't realize we, we could do that. You know, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize we could break that rule. Uh, felt really good to me because so much of my healing work around my body image was seeing other people break the rules that I had been following and going, well, shit. Okay. I guess, I guess that's not actually a rule. So that was something that was, that was really important for me. And sometimes for my clients as well, to tap into that thing of like, well, maybe it's uncomfortable to rock it for myself, but I'm going to rock it on someone else's behalf. And that feels really good. And what about like gray hair and wrinkles? You know, I mean, all these teenage girls with like Snapchat and TikTok and every other thing with filters where you never get to see an actual human person's face, all these automatic beautifying filters that you don't even realize are there in our phones. Like a lot of times you can't turn them off. Literally, it's always making your skin smoother. It's always getting rid of wrinkles or blurring out um, lines. It's always doing that stuff, even on your like normal camera setting, depending on the phone you have. So all these teenage girls right now are going to be growing up in a world where wrinkles are sort of like foreign, you know, like totally unheard of. And they're going to think, oh, my God, like, I didn't know you could get those in your 30s. I thought that was only for people, you know, way older, right? Like it's going to mess with their perception of age and aging. And when they get wrinkles, it's going to be really uncomfortable and weird. I have no doubt. So what if our generation, and by that I mean those of us sort of heading into having wrinkles, kind of rocked our our skin on their behalf, you know? Like what if what if we let ourselves age naturally not because we're comfortable with it, not because we prefer it? But because we want other people, we want younger generations to see that that's okay. That we do not have to follow the rule of anti-aging. We do not have to buy into it. Like literally, we don't have to. We can just have skin. Just like we can have round bellies and saggy boobs. We can have those things. We don't have to hide them. We don't have to fix them. We don't have to feel ashamed of them. But what if we just rocked our skin and our, our, our signs of aging and worked instead of trying to fight the signs of aging to support our skin's natural health, which those are two totally different directions for skincare. And odds are pretty good you're going to want a lot less skincare, a lot less products, a lot less intervention for the goal of promoting your skin's um, natural functionality compared to buying into the aesthetic ideal of beauty culture. And the last thing I want to say about this is like beauty ideals uphold all of the other systems of oppression. And we can see this in a lot of different areas. We could talk about this in a lot of different areas, but it upholds racism, uh, ableism, sexism, and the gender binary, um, Eurocentric 
ideas of who is worth more, um, you know, and ageism, ageism is the big thing here, right? Like, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about this particular aspect of beauty ideals, youthfulness for women specifically, we are talking about ageism. And this affects people in a huge way. So again, if you're like, you know, older and being affected by this and you're like, screw that, I'm going to buy the the products uh, that make the biggest impact so that I don't get oppressed at my job or whatever. I mean, I totally understand that. I do. I would just hope that like everything else, we could have a conscious conversation and be honest with ourselves about what we're doing. Kind of like, you know, if you're going to an event where you, you realize like everyone there is going to be a very particular buy into beauty culture. You're like, okay, I'm wearing my high heels. I'm wearing my, my Spanx. I'm wearing my lipstick. I'm wearing my fake eyelashes. I'm getting a blowout. Like I'm doing all those things, not because they make me more worthy or better, but because that is, that is a space in which I choose to fit in following the rules to fit in for a particular reason, whether that reason is so that you can feel comfortable that night or earn particular privileges that come with being seen that way, like, you know, getting a promotion or being seen a certain way at your job, um, whatever it is, you know, doing it consciously and saying, I am not more worthy, more better, or more deserving of good things just because I, I wore that outfit and I did that work. But people might think I am, and I've chosen to buy in in this particular way. It's worth it for me today. Like, that's a really conscious decision. But if you're doing it every day, sort of mindlessly, because you feel like you have to, because otherwise people will judge you because you, you know, you're, you're uh, flawed and broken and need to fix these aspects of yourself. Like, that's a totally different approach to the same beauty work. And when it comes to ageism, it's all the same. Like, we're upholding systems of oppression every time we buy into these beauty ideals. We are. There's no other way to, to approach it. That doesn't mean it's inherently wrong or bad or that you should feel bad for doing it. You might have a really good reason for doing it, but I would encourage you to at least think about what that reason is. Be really, really mindful and conscious about those reasons. And personally, for me, I'm like still working through this around anti-aging. Like, you know, I still look pretty young, all things considered. I might have a totally different perspective in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, where I'm like, honestly, screw everything I said about aging naturally. I just don't want to have wrinkles. I'm getting Botox. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I'll feel, which is why I say I don't judge anyone's individual choices. But I do find it to be a really interesting conversation. And, uh, and just like the fact that we've been lied to again, you know, duped again by wellness culture that we were taught, um, that we're constantly being blasted with the message that that this is healthy, that this is like the most healthy thing, that it's almost a mandatory health promoting behavior to have like a seven step skincare routine. But of course, men don't have to do that <laughs> because men's, men's skin takes care of itself. Uh, why? Ageism, sexism, systems of oppression. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I wanted to say about that. I am so glad you're here and listening. If you want to say thank you or you're getting anything out of these um, podcast episodes, I would love to have you leave me a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you are. Uh, reviews help get my podcast heard by other people. And I do have a Patreon as well. Um, and you can find that on my Instagram page at Jesse Neeland in my bio. The Patreon is there if you wanted to you know, leave a little tip or thank you or promote the fact uh, that I am making this kind of content for you for free. That's always very much appreciated and welcome. 
And otherwise, I'm just glad you're here and listening and thinking about this stuff. And I will catch you next time.